I got love for you, man. <laughs> what are we talking about? You know, I'm not here to start any trouble. I'm only going to say nice things about you from now on. I think you're handsome, and I think you're a wonderful host. I'm fat and I'm overweight. Just don't say anything silly. I was waiting for you to say that. I'm not laughing about it. You think this is funny? I take this serious. You know, I don't want y'all to take anything that, out of context that I'm saying. He's very funny. He likes to joke around a lot. As a personality and as an entertainer, yes. This is going to be really quick. I'm not taking any questions. Go ahead and get comfortable. I'm going to talk for a little bit. You're listening to Cabbie Presents, the podcast. What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining us. This is episode four of the podcast. And whether you found us on iTunes or the TSN page or my Facebook page or Twitter, happy that you clicked and downloaded one note. Please rate our show, even if it's a one star or if it's five stars, send your comments, and uh, if you hate it, I assure you, I will give you your money back. We're recording in Toronto. Actually, we're recording in Scarborough, uh, which people in the GTA will understand what Scarborough means. Uh, we're up here at the headquarters of the leader and continuing with a hockey conversation today because the season is heating up as it's ending, as it's winding down. So we go back to the West Coast as we have friends of the program, Dustin Penner and Mike Richards of the Los Angeles Kings, who will join us and uh, in the co-captain's chair, at the Neil Scott on Twitter, Neil Scott makes his return. How you doing, dude? Good day, my man. Also, uh, also known as the suit. I thought it was great how uh, after the the Leafs game that we went to on Saturday, we saw the Leafs uh, losing a shootout to uh, to the Rangers. Um, uh, when we were back at your place, uh, you know, you had a couple of lady friends uh, come hang out. And uh, they're all from Scarborough. Like, uh, <laughs> and um, to, to put Scarborough into context, it's like a part of Toronto um, where it's like, it's, it's kind of rough. And like people wear that as a badge of honor for being there. So like, if you like, if, so, so just say, okay, we're go, going across Canada because I've been to a bunch of places. So if you're like, if, if, it's, if it's Halifax, if you're listening to, in Halifax, it's like Truro or North Preston. If you're in Montreal, think of Hull or Gatineau. If it's Calgary, think of Forest Lawn. Uh, Va- Vancouver, it's like Surrey. Um, Edmonton, it's like North Edmonton. Um, and since we have uh, some L.A. dudes on the program today, if you're listening in Los Angeles, it's like Inglewood. So these three girls were at your place. One of them was really, really cute. And the other ones were a little rougher. Like, <laughs> they were just, uh, let's say they, they had more character, let's say. First of all, if they're listening, we're we're definitely in trouble later. But <laughs> they were very. Pr- I'm from Scarborough, and I wear it like a badge. I mean, I wasn't like them. They were out there, like they were the mayor's daughter, and I was like, "What's going on with this?" Right? Counting the, I was counting the sterling after they left. Come on, just joking. Because I, we have a nice spot, so I, I, I just, it's. It's funny, though, because they were so proud of it, and they were, like, telling us about it. And then they, when we started kind of making some Scarborough jokes, because I'm from Scarborough, so I'm allowed to, they started getting a little bit to the richer Scarborough. They lived closer to the nice area, the yeah, Rouge. Yeah, cl- they went closer to, Mo- to the water. Yeah. Yeah. Everything was closer to the water. I'm like, yeah, right. They, 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 they didn't start there. Like, they started like they were at the Scarborough Town Center, and they started going further, further east to get a little bit nicer. Yeah, if you're, if you're from Redwood or, or McGregor in uh, Winnipeg, Shout out to you. That's like that's yeah. like that's like the equivalent of Scar. Maybe not quite, yeah. quite that. 
North Kelowna, maybe yeah, a little North. Chilliwack for my BC friends. But yes, it was, and they're excited about it. I mean, they're. I was worried about how they were going to get home. That was like a ninety dollar cab. Oh, from like, from where we were downtown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there's well, no way we were going <laughs> to helping out on that ride. So, so for people who don't know, obviously, well, people who've never met Neil, you, he lives right, like right in the downtown core, right by the. Uh, the Sky Dome, where the Blue Jays play baseball. So to go out to Scarborough is like 45 minutes. So yeah. that's like a... I wasn't even calling a cab for them. There was no way. Why? Explain that. <laughs> yeah. That would have been that They'd have to been pay up front one. because they don't want to go out there sometimes. It's a far drive. Man. Oh, yeah. And here, here's another thing. Like, so before um, before we, you know, I set up the podcast, I was, I was texting... Uh, both Mike Richards and, and Dustin Penner, and that's how generally I get the guests on the show. You know, reach out and and uh, you know Richie uh, Richie's an iPhone guy and and Penner's a BBM guy. And that night when we went out, you were saying that like, you know, we met you know we we're both social dudes, and you met a few more friends and and like for for I know a lot of people have converted to an iPhone from BBM, but the thing that's beautiful about BBM, which I'm still I'm a, I've used both phones. But the thing that's beautiful about BBM is the status update. Yes. And it's and it's the photograph. You can't see the photograph on iPhone on an iPhone. No. On iMessage or Viber or WhatsApp or whatever you use, you don't have the photo. And that's the beauty of BBM. That is the one thing that is keeping me right now because everyone's talking iPhones and whatever now and I'm like it is BBM and I become addicted to the BBM because if you're texting a girl or a friend we'll call it to keep this nice and it's D, you go, okay, she hasn't read it. Yeah, well, so get you're talking, when you're BBMing yeah. and you send a message it says for D. the iPhone users, you get this D. Yeah. And the message has been delivered. And she hasn't read it, maybe it's been a little while, but it's a D, so you're cool. And you're thinking, all right, it's when it's an R and she hasn't wrote back, and you're going, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, so R, you're for, for, the, for those people who don't understand it, R is a, that means the person has read it. So the message has been delivered, and the person has read your message. Yes. And that's, we, I call that the dirty R. When that you, is the dirty R. When you get the, when you get the, the notification that the person has read your message, and, they, and, they, and it's been five, six, eight, 14 hours. minutes, hours <laughs> that they read your message, they haven't responded, it's that damn dirty R. I've, I started flip now I've become obsessed with this so I started to flip it right so if I'm talking to a girl and I have to ask her a question what I will do is ask the question and then I will send another one after right away with just a question mark or like a typo showing that they have to open it because some people can see enough on the first line because <laughs> right. if you send something to you like hey you want to do drinks and it's R for four hours she's she's not doing drinks with you oh, of course she's of not course. Yeah. the other big thing is if you have you know too many cocktails at the night before I'm always worried about the next day when I wake up and I'm pending BBM addings. Right, know, the, right. The yeah, pending the authorization to right. add them as a friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at that point, there's no picture. All we have is that stupid pin, which you can't tell if they're attractive <laughs> or not. So, so the pin, for again, for iPhone or Android users, the pin is just that it's a, I think it's like seven-digit ID. Seven-character ID of D yeah. from, uh, from BlackBerry. And no picture. But to see the picture, you have to accept them as a friend. Yeah. And so it's all as a craft shoot, right? Because I woke up one day and I had three new, and I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> three new people. I'm excited. And I'm thinking, what are my odds going to be? And, and like, one was okay, and two were dudes. <laughs> what? <laughs> so I was like, what am I doing? How am I adding dudes? <laughs> and the worst thing now, I've added them, and I can't delete them uh, yeah. for like a while. <laughs> the other time I had, so Saturday I had two girl, uh, two lady friends. Dude, you were swinging for in a different kind of base, baseball park there, my man. I, I, I was a quick hitter, though. I had to get out of there quick. <laughs> so I, I, I got two, and I was 50-50. And then 
the, I lucked out too because this is another big win is when you get someone you know what if people are on BBM you know the kind of person that updates their status 17 times a day right and that's another beautiful thing yes. about BBM it's just you just wait to the status updates and you could just creep on that for and I'm not a Facebook guy I mean I'm trying to be on Twitter now because of this but I mean I'm not into that but this is the only time I get to see pictures and there's girls and it's like a gold mine never mind dating them they update their picture like 18 times yes on the patio Short skirt. Yeah, like, going what? to the gym, uh, yoga time. Yeah, like, cab, cab. I know that patio. Let's just walk by the cab. Right, right. <laughs> Biz Nasty had a great tweet the other day. He said Facebook is awesome for remembering what a girl looks like when you're sober. Yes, and he's 100 percent the truth. So on this podcast, the way the cabbie present presents podcast works is we'll discuss a little sports, some pop culture, and a lot of storytelling. Storytelling. Fact. Free. Yeah, this will be another fact-free podcast, and we might even hashtag it under the bus. Our first guest is on the phone. If it's going to be uh, an interview, I'm going to conduct it. So I'll answer my own questions, ask myself the questions, then give y'all the answers. Joining us on the phone is uh, one of my friends in uh, the National Hockey League. I say that because I've actually spent, I've actually slept in your home. So I, I think that uh, that would make us friends. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Dustin Penner of the Los Angeles Kings. What's up, dude? Not too much, and yes, you still owe me rent money. What do you mean? I thought it was uh, I thought it was in good faith. Like, yeah, come sleep in my home, eat my food, uh, yeah. you know, uh, meet my friends. <laughs> that you, kind didn't of thing. Eat, you, you didn't even make the floor you slept on. <laughs> dude, I passed out on, or, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I fell asleep. On the couch, not even in one of the nice guest bedrooms that you have at your friggin' three-story condo right on the beach in Newport. Yeah, uh, well, maybe next time. Are we, um, I don't know, if, can we tell that story? I don't know if we could tell that story. Um. Because uh, the, cause the, the ending is awesome, but I don't know if this is the, uh, oh, it's such a good story, too. You, you actually, sometimes when I, when I, I do enjoy uh, telling that story because, um, you you look like James Bond in the end, and I'm like I'm like the I'm like the the dude that just, I'm a self saboteur, basically is what I'm saying. <laughs> Rather get a good meal than uh, finish the night strong. Oh man, do I ever? Okay, so yeah, so so speaking of self sabotage, so so earlier this week uh, or last week, Jabba Chamberlain is uh, playing on the trampoline with his kid, and falls off the trampoline. I don't know if he tumbled down a, a friggin' ravine. Uh, or down like the side of uh, of a rocky mountain, but he breaks his right ankle. So now Chamberlain's out for three months. Obviously, the baseball season's around the corner, corner, and he's one of the starters, probably the number two guy on the New York Yankees. But he now joins the list of strange athlete injuries, which you are a part. You are on that list now, Dustin. Well, we might have to make a couple different categories based on the severity of the injury. Yes. Well, uh, 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 okay. Well, okay. So obviously they're all unintentional. Um, some of them are are, are uh, really really weird, and some of them are funny. Yours yeah. was both funny and weird. <laughs> and, what, what makes it weird? What do you mean? What makes it weird? Okay. First of all, you're eating. Okay. So like, dudes never get injured eating unless. Uh, Unless you're eating so, while you're running in Pamplona, Spain, yourself. versus the Bulls. You could help. You could, well, you could hurt yourself choking. All right, people that's get, fair. People, people get injured taking a bath, apparently. 
What, who? <laughs> Fat people? <laughs> no, you're not catching it. <laughs> okay, so, okay, listen. I told, <clears throat> I told Kobe Bryant this story. Actually, he knew about you. Okay, he'd heard the story how you threw out your, your ribs or your back um, sitting down to eat pancakes. So I told Kobe that. Or, sorry, he, he was aware of it. So Kobe's like, you need to, and, and, and uh, Richie was with me. He's like, you need to get that dude to tell you the real story about hap- what happens. And since off the top, you agreed that we're friends and we're just speaking among friends. What really happened, dude? <laughs> when have you not known me to not to be honest? Why have you known me not to be honest? Well, I, I've I've only known you to be honest, and but and and I want this to continue, Dustin. Yeah. So what happened? It, it is continuing. It was a one o'clock game. I uh, I don't gingerly do anything because of my size, so I I flop down on the chair. As I usually do, or you know, as you as you flop down the crutch, you probably don't flop down as much anymore because you lost that weight. Appreciate you, thank you. But <laughs> I am still fat, but thank you for mentioning that. Yeah. But uh, I just flopped down in a wooden chair. Perhaps it was a wooden chair because it didn't cushion my uh, descent properly, <laughs> and then caused my back to go into spasm before I actually even started eating. Oh, but I, I did finish the meal because they were delicious. And you're and you're a friggin' champion. Yes. Yeah. Wait. So, was it one of those? What is it? One of those like wooden chairs, like at your grandmother's place that had those like you know the back has those like those um, designs. No, those, those spools, not yeah. spools. That's not yeah, the right yeah, word. Yeah, exactly. One of those old school wooden chairs. Like, did one of those enter your friggin' spinal column? You know what? It, the uh, serial number and the company name is scratched off it, so I couldn't really file a lawsuit against them. <laughs> Let's just blame IKEA because they're the biggest. Yeah, exactly. And they have lots of money. But their main companies overseas, it might be tough to find a court that'll have that case. (laughs) So, Dustin, I'm just going to read you a list of athletes who who you are now in their company for strange or weird injuries. And, And afterwards, I would like you to tell us a story about something strange or weird you've heard in in your time in the National Hockey League. So you join Brian Tallett who used to be a pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals. He was out three months after sneezing hard. Sammy Sosa was also out. He threw his back out after two hard sneezes. Marty Cordova, you might like this, fell asleep in the tanning bed like uh, like he was frigging the situation from the Jersey Shore, and he burned his face. I think he used to be with the Indians back then. Adam Eaton, these are all baseball guys. Adam Eaton stabbed himself in the stomach trying to open a DVD with a knife trying to get the, the seal off or something. Boom, got two stitches in the stomach. Uh, and perhaps the greatest one ever, we're, you know, we're in Toronto, so we've grown up watching the Toronto Blue Jays. There was a rookie named Glenn Allen Hill who went on the, D, uh, the, <laughs> the DL because he had arachnophobia. And the night before, he dreamt of spiders. And, uh, it was and, right around that time that movie came out yeah, with uh, John Goodman. What was, what, it was arachnophobia, it was, right? It was a terrible it, movie. Yeah. So you are on that list of athletes with weird injuries. What, what's, the, what's the strangest you've heard of in your time? I don't, I don't know that I've heard too many strange ones. I think uh, didn't Brent Sopo throw his back playing with his kids. Playing with his what? With his kids. With his kids? Well, was he throwing them down a hill? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know, but 
As far as your list goes, I'd have to be pretty far down at base on some of those injuries, except for maybe the one where the guy stabbed himself because those DVD packages, and more specifically the CD ones, are impenetrable. <laughs> I've, I've had a few close calls myself. Are you serious? Dude, just I'm, use your teeth. I don't have... I don't have alligator teeth like you. <laughs> but you're also missing teeth. Where's that one tooth right now? Is it still in your car? It's still in my car. It's, uh, <laughs> it's in your car in Los Angeles, heating up like a dog left in the uh, left with the windows up. Yeah, exactly. So um, I don't know if you've. Uh, are you much of a golf dude? Yeah, I am. You are. Did you have you? Are you going to pick up that Hank Haney book about Tiger Woods? You know, I might read it one day. It's not. Uh, a necessity right now. I I don't gather. Uh, I I take too much of it to heart. I uh, I really I'm more concerned with Tiger the golfer than his personal life. Okay, I I just bought it yesterday, and it's fascinating. I'm not like Neil. He's a huge golfer, and I, and I on our way up to the studio, I was saying he would get a lot more out of it because there's a lot of technical terms about the downswing and the, your hip rotation and exploding, you know, through the swing and all that kind of inside out, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Very I, sexual that sounded if no one else called. <laughs> yeah. Everything he yeah. said there. <laughs> yeah, in, this is the this is the innuendo podcast. Yes. So I'm like thirty pages in, but the stuff about Tiger is fascinating. And I find that stuff fascinating. Like, you know, much like when people want to know about you and, and your peers, they want to see beyond what they see on the ice. Um and and like if if there was a tell all full disclosure like the Warren Commission, Grand Jury Testament, Zapruder Films, like book written about an athlete or an entertainer, whose juicy t- details would you want to learn about? I'd have to go with uh, one of the greats and my favorite of all time, uh, Michael Jordan. MJ, yes. oh, that would be, be great. I, I have I have two bona fide MJ stories. Like, actually, one, but I know I have one bona fide MJ story. Well, I what, have a story where he has a guy. Walking around with like fifty k cash, just just because in yeah. case he needs cash, or might might be more something ridiculous. Yeah, in case he finds a game. Yeah, because he likes he get he'll apparently gamble on anything. He, he, he like Austin Powers. He too likes to live dangerously. <laughs> I'll stay. <laughs> Allow myself to introduce myself. Yeah. This is my wife. Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> the um, I I heard that. Okay, on the 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 MJ thing with fifty grand, I heard Wayne Gretzky does that, but he has fifteen grand on him at all times, and in case he ever gets in a situation, like people would, I think he he was told that ten grand should be able to buy yourself out of any situation, ten grand cash. So if he when he's traveling, he's always got like fifteen k like strapped to his leg or something like that. Have you heard that? I hadn't heard that, but that uh, I would believe it. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know what kind of situations, you know, WG would get into at, you know, eating at a steakhouse or, you know, going to play golf or wherever, you know, it, it, uh, his travels take him. But that, that's what I heard. What, what about you, Neil? What, what would be the book that you'd want to read? Mm, I'm definitely a magic, for sure. Mag- oh, magic in the 80s, dude? Yeah. Like in L.A.? Yeah. Just, I, I've heard stories too, but playing now for the Kings at Staples. Yes, and, oh, e- and even Tiger. Not this, not the Hank Haney, but just Tiger. What was going on? Because Hank's talking about his golf game, right? 
Like if if I don't even know who ran with Tiger then because I don't know if Barkley was or anyone. What but, was his uh, What was his but? Is it Nota Be Gay was his one buddy from Stanford? Yeah, but that there's no chance he was allowed. Oh no! Well, the, well, there's no chance that he would actually write a book. Yeah, but that's the book though, the Tiger book. I mean, he got caught with everybody, what? and he might have got hit in the face by the wife. Like we don't know. Right. Yeah. And and now he's coming back. So I mean, the Hank Haney's more about his game and what he was like around the practice course. I, I, I don't know if. What what's the rumor that you heard about Tiger Woods? Um, I wasn't with Tiger. I think uh, it's a magic. But as far as Tiger, I I actually he was. Uh, I was surprised, like the rest of the world. I I hadn't heard anything. Yeah, that was out of the blue. But what have you heard since then, though? You run in different circles than we do. Uh, I don't know. I'm not the one talking to Kobe and MJ. Well, I mean, well, I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. I'm just some fat reporter from Canada. Like, I'm not like, you know, I mean, Kobe and I are cool. I've only met Michael Jordan once. But, like, it's not like Kobe's like, oh, cat, man. I was in uh, I was in Vegas uh, over the All-Star weekend and blah, blah, blah. Like, he's not giving me that kind of juice. Yeah, I, I mean, I hadn't heard much about Tiger. I... I uh, after it came out, then uh, I started to hear more about uh, that it was legit. So, have I you ever golfed with uh, any of these guys before? Like you're a big golfer, right? And you do you ever play with any of the guys on the tour? Um, no, I haven't. I worked out with I think what was his, I forget his name. He's an older guy, real nice. He's down in Belmar. Yeah, but I never golfed with uh, anybody on the PGA. Have you played any of the t- any of the, the the big spots like uh, Pebble or I, I don't yeah. even know if Augusta because Masters is coming up and we're on it a bit. But but I played Pebble, Spyglass, I played uh, Sherwood, it Sherwood Park or Sherwood Hills. What the Sheriff of Nottingham? No, it's where they have the shooter at Sherwood with Tiger and Phil and Sergio. Yeah. Uh, big Horn in uh, Palm Springs. Yeah, um, Cab doesn't golf, so this yeah, is all yeah. this is all bouncing. I gave actually I gave him my putter last year for some charity tournament, and he won. I don't know if he won; it was a door prize, but he won me a wedge. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He didn't yeah. even know what to do with it. No, He's I like, didn't. Because <laughs> when I when I go to these charity golf, I'm such a horrible golfer, and, and golf is so humbling that I just putt. I can deal with missing a few putts, but trying to drive off the tee—that's just—it's just awful, and it's yeah. and I just want to throw my clubs into the woods, so I don't even bother. Yeah. So you mentioned, okay, so we mentioned Ma- uh, Michael Jordan, uh, Magic Johnson. Uh, both guys were super competitive. Who's the most competitive guy that you've come across? Like, I'm not talking about, like, competitive on the ice, but, like, in the room or, like, watching, like, or on the road or just playing other sports. Like, who's that guy in all, on all the teams that you've played with? So these are just teams that I've played on? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Even, like, table tennis, ping pong. Okay, uh, well, starting with the earliest, I'd probably say uh, Marty Korea, Paul and Steve Korea's younger brother. Really? <laughs> yeah, I beat him in tennis uh, in college, and he didn't talk for a week after that. I'm so, sorry, you played tennis? Yeah, I played tennis. What do you mean? What, like on, uh, what do you, like on, on the Xbox? <laughs> <laughs> no, like... On the Kinect? It's usually a court that's uh, it's, it's kind of like rectangular. It's got a <laughs> ball, the net. Yeah, he doesn't play that either. Dude, yeah, <laughs> like I, you're not going to see me on a tennis court. <laughs> what are you doing on a tennis court, though? Oh, 
It's called Poetry in Motion. <laughs> yeah, the motion's really slow. Okay, so Marty Cordova didn't speak, or sorry, yeah, Mar- Marty Correa, excuse me, didn't speak of you for a week. What? Who else you got? Um, well, then just guys I've played with, I'd say uh, Tamo Solani, I would say, is one of the most competitive guys I've played with. And, uh, well, what made him competitive? Like, and competitive in what? Well, obviously in hockey and always wanting to win. But are you talking not, not hockey and just like anything? Yeah, yeah, anything. anything. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't compete with him as far as his cars go. That dude's got like Jay Leno, yeah. a Jay Leno fleet. Yeah. Um, it's tough to. That's the one story I have. But everybody, everybody that I come around, like in the hockey circle, is, is ultra competitive. Whether it's on the ice playing uh, just a, a game you make up on the ice after practice like a, there's this golf game you can play where you use the nine dots on the ice and if you, if you shoot the puck in the net in the air it's a birdie if you just get it in the net it's par posting in is an eagle and if you miss the net it's a bogey you go around like that that's always like everybody's competitive to an extent uh, as far as people who are over the top uh, probably one of my best friends who I played college hockey with is really competitive. I remember in college, he taught me how to play cribbage, and I had never played before. We started off a quarter a point, and uh, I don't know if you played, but I was down in my first year of college, forty bucks after the first game. <laughs> <laughs> forty bucks. That's like so the like worst score. So like two hundred points, yeah. I think, yeah. or like hundred forty points. He was up, something like that. Yeah, like he just rinsed me, double skunked me, and like. He, He's always working an angle to try and win. The the golf game that you guys play on the ice, you guys play that for money? Um, you can. We have before, not lately. I did it more uh, when I was younger. Now I, now the way the game is, you can't uh, really have any free time after the ice because always drills going on, or there's never really it's tough to find free time. Oh, okay, now. Um, uh... I want to. I want to transition into. So wait, you don't play poker on the on, last thing. You don't play poker on the plane or table tennis in the room. Yeah, I do play table tennis in the room. Um, poker on the plane, I used to, not so much anymore. I, uh, well, I how how much were you down in poker on the plane? Oh, I've been down quite a bit. Never, I've uh, never been the most down. I, I usually, uh, I'd say, I win forty percent of the time. Who's Who's the guy that was literally down thousands of dollars? Forget his name. He was a. Uh, he was either Russian or European. <laughs> Are we talking and your your Anaheim Ducks or when you're on the the Oilers or now? Uh, when I was on Anaheim, Anaheim I played a lot. Hey, you had a lot of flights, bet in Anaheim. Eh? A lot of time to play that. Who was the best uh, ping pong player in the room? Right now, I'd say it's between uh, Andre Kopitar and Justin Williams. They're just they're just kicking everybody's ass. Well, I mean, I played Kopi once since I came out of retirement. <laughs> Is that also? Have you come out of retirement for eating pancakes too? What's that? <laughs> from eating it? Oh, I'll never retire from eating pancakes. <laughs> it's so, an okay. easy transition from tennis to ping pong, eh? It's it's much easier on you. Yeah, ping pong is a lot more stationary in comparison to tennis. Yep. So uh, since coming out of retirement, you played Kopitar one time, you said? 
And he beat me by, uh, I think we went into extra innings or whatever, where we have to... You had to win by two. Yeah, yeah, so... I know I can beat him, but right now his game is at a level where uh, it's going to be a tough for me to beat him. So he's he's uh, he's uh, Novak Djokovic, and you're James Blake right now. Uh, we'll go Canadian Milius or Milos Ranic or Raonic, uh, R- yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, all right. I'd say even I, I'm the Federer that lost to Sampras early on. <laughs> I like I like that you put yourself in Federer's class. Yeah. Like that's uh, one of the greatest of all time, and you liken yourself to Federer. <laughs> one of the greatest of all time. Most Grand Slams. <laughs> so so you and I over the past I don't know what six eight months have just been killing each other on B, not BBM about stand up comedy. Yeah. And I, I you're you're a huge stand up comedy fan. I'm a massive. Uh, stand-up comedy fan, and um, and is is there a comedian that you reference the most in casual conversations, like from from a particular act or uh, or a special? Well, right now uh, is the Patrice O'Neill. Which from which one? Well, his podcast with Cameron, and uh, then his his uh, DVD called Elephant in the Room. Yeah. Th- that's the one you reference the most, right yeah. now. They, like that. That's I, you gave that to me, which I appreciated because I was never a big Patrice O'Neill fan. I heard him in a couple of interviews. I'm like, this guy's just kind of like he's just so indifferent about stuff. But then I watched, and you kept reminding me, like, have you watched it yet? Have you watched it yet? Have you watched it yet? And I watched it uh, at the airport. I was coming back from somewhere, and the second half of Elephant in the Room is outstanding. Actually, to start with the uh, the missing women bit was really funny, but I think his bits on, uh, and for you guys out there, you should just pick it up on iTunes. Or if you meet Dustin Penner, ask him to put it on a flash drive for you, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he'll give it to you. Uh, but the bit on uh, men telling the truth in relationships was awesome. And yeah. uh, um, what was the other one? Just just the uh, the safe sex bit. How safe yeah. sex is up to the women. That yeah. was really good, too. The women's responsibility. Yeah. You never, like, you pull the audience, and how many of you out there have used a dental dam? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And it was, it was, uh, I almost, I almost spit my water on the mic. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my buddy, um, Darren Rose was at the Apollo once, and, um, he went to see Chris Rock, and Ray Romano opened for Chris Rock, and he just told wife and kids jokes, and he said it murdered. You know the predominantly black audience. He yeah. just did like universal material, and it killed. And both Neil and I love that, like material that can transcend any type of crowd. I mean, sometimes yeah. it's funny when you get specifics for a specific, you know, ethnicity. Like some of those jokes are funny. Um, yeah. Russell Peters does a great job with that. But but Ray Romano, he just wife and kids. And I think the comedian right now who does that is Kevin Hart. And yeah. I know, I know, you and I have, have have argued about Kevin. I rate him a little higher than you rate him. Do you wait? Do you rate him above Patrice O'Neill? Oh, it's 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 tough to say. I'd, I'd have to for the the amount of work he's put out and the quality of it that he'd have to be higher. It's kind of like uh, Patrice O'Neill is kind of the for lack of. Uh, you're gonna go Biggie Smalls, aren't you? Yeah, I am. You're gonna go Biggie Smalls because he's a, they're both two dudes that died after like two albums, three albums. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he was starting to come into his own, and he talked about it on his on the podcast with Mark Maron. Why am I not more uh, 
more famous, right? Like, and he goes, it's just like Brussels sprouts. If I was a vegetable and I was a Brussels sprout, he's like, I know people like Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts. I just got to get out to the people. <laughs> <laughs> and he was on The Office, too. Like, his name was out there, right? Yeah. Hey. He, wasn't, he wasn't one of those guys. He kind of stood by his wheels. He wasn't going to play the game. Yeah. You know so, what I mean? He wasn't going to take it, uh, quote, unquote, in the ass for in the business. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, you get wait. So you just go to the black guy, the dead black guy, as the you don't even go Kurt Cobain, or the Stone Temple Pilots dude, or 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 Jim Morrison, no, or Amy I'm, Winehouse. You I'm, go, you go I'm, right to Biggie. No, I I'm entrenched in black comedy. Like, <laughs> I just am. I just I really enjoy it. Like I enjoy white comedians, but I just I don't know. It's just it really it's. Even from Kevin Hart and you know Chris Rock, I just that stuff makes me laugh the most. Hey, tell the story about how you tell tell the story about how you went to the Kevin Hart concert uh, solo. Uh, the Kev- no, I went uh, someone. It was uh, at the Improv in Irvine, and uh, I'd never been to a show before, and it blew me away. Like you see it on uh, DVD or on TV, and you don't get the full fact until you're in there in a room with a bunch of people laughing your ass off. But I think you were calling the time I went to see the actual movie, right, in Philly? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was interesting because I was, I think, the only white person in a sold-out show in downtown Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> how, so, many, how many black people were there? Uh, 249. <laughs> Oh, so it wasn't a huge room. It wasn't like a theater of twenty of like over two thousand, and you're like the one white dude in like two thousand brothers, it's like a sea of where, brothers. Where would you go? Where is there a movie theater that's two thousand, Cabby? No, no, no. Like a theater. Like when he came, Neil and I went to see him in Toronto. I think we're uh, eight thousand. Sony. Sony. No, yeah. it was like it was like two thousand, two maybe three thousand seat theater. So. You notice how me being the white guy just made it a lot bigger. <laughs> it was predominantly yeah, he, black, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, it was like eight thousand, and it really was like a thousand. So it just I feels just, like a lot more. Black I just people. felt like so. I know what you're saying about Philly. I, I've been that guy many times with Cab. I want to know: is it just as funny in a theater as live? Because live is just it, that show in Toronto. It he blew. It was amazing. Like he, I, I'd say it has to be funnier live because I was. That's as hard as I can remember ever laughing. Like I, I he just kept hitting you with so many yeah. jokes you couldn't catch your breath to to have that laugh that was a, appropriate for that joke because you were still laughing from the one or the joke three times before that. Yeah, and his openers. He had three, I think three or four opening acts too, and I think they all traveled together and they were awesome too. Like yeah, they it was. I never even heard of these guys, and they they blew, and they're very strict in Toronto. No cell phones, no uh, no texting, no twittering. Yeah. And uh, at the end, he he let everyone take a picture, and he killed. He was the best, the best I've ever seen. So, yeah. Dustin, let me get this straight: you are laughing on top of laughter. You can't catch your breath. More laughter, and you didn't throw your back out then. No, I, I know. <laughs> see, see, now there are Better, holes in your pancake story, buddy. Uh, yeah. There are holes. Better seat. <laughs> Listen, man, uh, thank you so much for joining us on, on the podcast. It was awesome having you. And uh, ooh, actually, I'll get you out on this. Give us your top three stand-up sc- comedy specials of all time. Go in reverse order, three to one. Okay, I'll... Uh... Oh, man. I'll start with... Um... 
Eddie Murphy, Delirious. Is number three? Yeah. What? This is ridiculous. <laughs> Shut. Stop right there. We're not continuing. We're not continuing. The what? You want it or not? Oh my! I can't. That that dude. That's like, that's like saying. Uh, that's like saying. Yeah. Uh, favorite uh, favorite hockey player of all time. Okay, I'm gonna start Wayne Gretzky at the three. Like what? Like <laughs> someone. Let's start Wayne Gretzky at three. Oh my gosh! <laughs> all right. What are two and one? What's that? What's number two then? Uh, it'd be Chris Rock, bigger and blacker. Oh my god! Wow. That is that is this is uh, this is unprecedented. Uh, okay, so then what is number one? All-time greatest stand-up comedy special, according to Dustin Penner. Patrice O'Neill. Elephant in the Room is number one? Yeah. This man likes sprouts. <laughs> <laughs> he really does. He, he really does. Dustin, thank you so much, dude. Uh, good luck getting into the playoffs. I know you guys are uh, battling for your playoff lives, and uh, we're rooting for you the rest of the way, dude. All right, thanks, guys. Okay, Take man. Care. Take care. Take care. If it's going to be uh, an interview, I'm going to conduct it. So I'll answer my own questions, ask myself the questions, then give y'all the answers. Wearing number 10 on his jersey, but number one in your heart, Mike Richards, my baby brother, joins us on the Cabby Presents podcast. Baby bro, how you doing, dude? Doing well. What's going on? Um, I'm wonderful. Okay, so we just had, uh, Neil and I just had a conversation about uh, LOL and BBM, or LOL and ha ha ha, and yeah, also yeah. BBM versus iPhone. How much do you miss BBM, and why do you miss it? Um, I used to miss it before they had iMessenger, and now I don't miss it at all. Dude, but what about the pictures? Like, you know, when like on BBM, you have like all your contacts had photos, whether it was. You know, it was like uh, you know, uh, you know, a girl's face, or it was like you know, or like a group shot, or you know, or something silly like a a girl and her cat, or you know, or a girl would update her status and she'd have a hot picture and say sad face, like tough times at home, so you knew maybe that was the best time to text her because she was. Uh, Do you guys do you have that on iMessage? No, we don't have that. I've actually never thought about that. But it, the pictures it did used to be nice. I used to like seeing some of the pictures, but yeah. I actually never thought about that. Dude, we well, we think of different things, Richie. I mean, yeah. you guys have a lot of time on your hands. Yeah, well, this is true. <laughs> I mean, you, yeah. you, you know what I do on a daily basis, which is not much. I'm messaging yeah. you. You're like, Cam, I'm at practice. Cam, I'm working out. Like, go work out, you fat bastard. <laughs> so, uh, since you've been in uh, Los Angeles, how many basketball games have you attended? Um, Clippers and Lakers probably eight to ten. Oh wow! Eight to Twelve. Dude. Yeah. Oh wow! So, uh, is there a noticeable difference between uh, Clippers fans and Lakers fans? Yeah, Clippers fans are more passionate. Lakers fans are people that are just kind of the people watch and you know be a part of the scene and stuff. Clippers is actually more about the basketball. So, are they are they are they uh, like are they livelier uh, Clippers fans? Yeah, yeah, it's livelier in a building. I like watching the Lakers games. Watching Kobe a lot better, but um, it's definitely a lot more lively for Clippers games. Who's the teammate that Mike Richards would trade for a season's worth of courtside seats for the Lakers or the Clippers? You could say Penner. He said, uh, he, he said you. No, no. He said you. Uh, so. <laughs> he did? No. I'm just messing with you. You're not going to hear this till later. So, yeah, he did. <laughs> Stirring the pot. Yeah, I, I just, I'd, I'd give him away. I'd give him and somebody else away for, for Lakers, just <laughs> who, him for Clippers. Who's, <laughs> so, so Lakers, you would package Penner and a teammate, but for Clippers, you would just send Penner. 
Yeah. Who's the other teammate for uh, in that package deal for a se- for a season's worth of courtside seats? For the Lakers, um, <laughs> I don't know. I'll give my uh, my roommate Lewis away. <laughs> Who's your roommate? Uh, Trevor Lewis. It used to be, and now <laughs> actually it's Clifford. But so okay. So wait, Jeff Carter is not your roommate? No, no. Uh, in LA, he moved in with me, but not uh, not on the road. Oh, okay. See, I, okay, I got it's you. Too much. I got too you. much on the road and at home with him. So, so <laughs> hey, uh, just as a side note, the um, the bit that you and I did at the Lakers game where we sat courtside, uh, that's going to air on uh, March 30th on TSN. So oh, cool. um, I will uh, I'll definitely shoot you the the link when it comes out. I'll, I'll probably send you. I can send you the uh, like a preview or whatever. But yeah, it's this Friday. And um, who are we who are we sitting two seats down from? Uh. Your best friend, David Beckham. That's your best friend. He knew <laughs> you. He didn't know me. Like I'm, I'm just a fat guy from Canada. Like he, by the end of the night, I thought you guys were tight. You're over there talking to him half the night. <laughs> yeah, I was. In, I was doing what I do, <laughs> do best, just annoying the crap out of him. Was he like three inches from his face? <laughs> were you like right on him? Yeah, I was he was ba- asking him to take pictures, and he just didn't get the joke. No, he, yeah, <laughs> I was basically sitting on his kid's lap. That's how often <laughs> I was. I was over there trying to like chop it up with the dude. He's making his kids. Like, put him to work. Oh, go do this. Here, take pictures. Oh, get up. Get out of my way. I'm gonna go sit, sit with Richard. Yeah. Hey, be honest. Were you a little embarrassed to be sitting there with me? No, no, no. You're, I didn't know you were calling Bean for the first little bit, and then I thought you were chirping Kobe, and then you explained it to me, so it was all good. Bean, do you now call him Bean? Yeah, well, whenever we go for dinner and stuff. <laughs> nice, because the audiences will see uh, at the end of the bit what happens. So, uh, so um, Entourage was a show that uh, was shot. Uh, they shot a few episodes at the Staples Center, and I remember fondly uh, Johnny Drama developed a fascination with Lamar Odom's calf muscles. I don't know, were you? Uh, <laughs> do you remember that episode? I remember that episode. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, okay, so so Turtles Turtles Rottweiler Entourage was named Arnold. Uh, yeah. And the name of your dog is? Arnold. Is there any coincidence? Uh, yeah. When I first bought my cottage back home, I had uh, my brother and one of my buddies uh, live with me. So we got a dog at the at that, or we got Arnold at that time and uh, just figured it'd be fitting. So wait, you had your own little entourage? Well, not really an entourage, but... Well, you had, you know, what, had you two buddies or three buddies living with you? Two buddies, or one buddy and my brother. Okay. Well, okay. So it's, it's they, a, had, they had to work during the day, so I was just stuck there by myself. So it was totally not like entourage. <laughs> so it's like us right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, 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 I, but at nighttime, it could have been like it could have been. Yeah. Almost, and I've been to your place. Like you guys roll on a boat. So like that, you're, you're not normal. Like to get to anywhere in your town, it's on a boat, and you have several. So that to uh, me, that's the entourage lifestyle. Yeah, I guess it's fun, but. Richie, we, we actually walk a lot, me and Cab, to places. That's how uh, we get places. Although, although, you, although you wouldn't you know sure? from my body type. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure? Actually, I carry them. I carry them. Yeah. Neil, Neil gives me drives because yeah. I'm like the cheapest guy. I'm like, I'm the Mr. Bum rides off of everybody. Like, that's that's how I do. Um, so you have a friendship with, and people, I don't think they know this, but you have a close friendship with Kevin Connolly, who played E in Entourage. How did you guys become friends? Um... He actually knew Daniel Crisillo, um really well a couple of years ago and then uh, just started hanging out with him through um, Carbomb and then just he comes to a, he's a huge hockey fan so he comes to a lot of hockey games and uh, see him there a lot. 
How did um? How, do you know how him and how Carcillo and Connolly became friends? I mean, I like I like how in E's office he had a Carcillo yeah. jersey. I thought that was dope. Yeah. Um, yeah. But do you know how they became friends? I'm not exactly sure. I think they met one game in, in Phoenix. Um, typical Carbo, I think he just did something stupid on the ice, and then they met up afterwards. <laughs> and, uh, uh, like I said, Crowns is just a huge hockey fan, so I think he just meets up with uh, with some of the guys when they come to town, and, and obviously a couple years ago when he was at the draft. What, do you think that Carcillo would trade to have his teeth back for Lakers season tickets uh, courtside? Um. I don't think so. I think he likes the nose. <laughs> I think that's important. Have you ever been out with him where he wasn't wearing his teeth? Oh yeah, all the time. Never <laughs> wears them. I think he. I think he wears them, or he doesn't wear them more so than he when he does wear them. It's like my grandfather. <laughs> we, we, yeah, women love a toothless smile. But it's a good conversation piece though when he goes out. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because women are like, hey, I could fit all three of my fingers right in the front of your mouth. <laughs> Or it could be like you want to see a magic trick and just suck on a girl's hand. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why I just said that. That's uh, anyway. Uh, so okay, it's so, awkward. Yeah. Um, so uh, Lupo. Okay, Jeffrey Jeffrey Lupo was on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And he told us a great story about going to Leonardo DiCaprio's house with Connolly. Um, yeah. Well, he did. He didn't. He he told me kind of off the podcast, but I'm telling the people who are listening now that. The story involved Connolly. So yeah. since since being in Los Angeles for I don't know what have you been out there what six seven months? Yeah. Um, who's the biggest star that you've met by virtue of being a professional athlete? Um, for me, the, my biggest one was uh, I met Roger Federer a couple weeks ago, and he's like probably one of the biggest. Well, he's my biggest athlete fan or fan that uh, you know that I follow a lot as an athlete, and then. Star-wise, um, I haven't really met. I mean, I've met Leo. I know um, first name Joffin. Yeah. Sorry, what was uh, the second guy? Sorry, I didn't get you off there. What was the second guy? No, I said I haven't met Leo. Oh, you um, haven't. Okay. So I don't really have too many guys that, that I've met out there um, yet, like celebrity-wise. But uh, my biggest one is Roger Federer when I met him. How did you meet Roger Federer? Uh, he just had a match a couple weeks ago, actually, and I just was down at the match and uh, went down and seen him afterwards. What about what about Jack at the Laker game? Has he not been there? Because you're you're there, right? I see him there, no, but I haven't met him. I'm not going to go up and introduce myself to Jack. <laughs> Wait, didn't you go? What, you went to the French Open last summer. Did did, did you yeah. see Federer play there? Yeah, I seen him play against Djokovic, and then I seen him play against Nadal in the final. Oh, that's oh. gross. Did you bring that up in convo? I did. What was what was conversation like? Like I know, like when people of a certain stature, like you're you're you have you have a certain stature because you're a professional athlete, and you guys are part of a small fraternity. It's like, hey, I know you because I do this, and you know me because because uh, you know I do this, whatever. Um, so so what was conversation like? Um, he was actually knowledgeable with hockey. He knew a lot um, about the standings and, and what was really? going on. Yeah. So and actually about all sports. He uh, he follows a lot, and then um, I brought up that I was in. I went to the U.S. Open a couple of times and seen him there, and then seen him in Paris at the French Open. And uh, right as his kids were coming in um, to say hi to him, I'm like, "Oh, okay, I'll let you go. See you later." He's like, "Oh, if you're ever at another event, let me know. Uh, we can, you know, talk again." 
I'm like, oh, sure, should I just grab your number? And then he just left and went with his kids. <laughs> <and I> never <laughs> actually... That sounds like <laughs> us meeting girls. <laughs> she just left. Oh, man, I, I, I've been on your end probably 87 times. So I mentioned 87, just to, just as, a, as an aside, but I, I, I was watching, I had this conversation a couple weeks ago, again with Lupul, about the best hockey player in the game. Now, I don't know how many times you've played against Sidney Crosby. That Flyers-Penguins rivalry was, like, I think the best in hockey right now. And yeah. I don't know how many times you've played against the Detroit Red Wings. But if uh, to play against these two dudes, and, I, and it might be sacrilege that I'm even putting Datsuk in Crosby's, uh, in his, in his, uh, his lane or in, uh, in his ilk, but to you, who is a tougher person to play and overall, who do you think is a better player? Um, I think Sid's the best in the game right now. Um, I think Datsuk's probably the funnest to watch or the guy that I like to watch anyways. Uh, I find myself, you know, I don't watch much hockey, but when I do, I sometimes watch Detroit just to see him play. But um, I think Sid's the, the toughest to play against that I've ever played. Um, had to go up against and probably the best in the game right now. What makes him so tough? Because um, he just does everything. He works hard. He's, his skill's unbelievable. He's so strong on the puck. And obviously his hands are, are pretty special, too. Could you ever fight him? Fight Sid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could I? Uh, I'm not sure without I'm... being jumped by 19 other players on the team. Half the, bu- half the building. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I mean I, so, like, obviously you could physically fight him, but is there an unwritten rule about him? I mean, concussions and all? Um, I, I'm not really sure. I mean, he plays the game hard, which is nice. It's like, as a Canadian, that's what you want to see, but um, I don't think there's an unwritten rule. I know that, you know, you hear the stories about when Wayne was playing and um, you weren't allowed to hit him, but I, I think just because the way Sid plays and how hard he plays, I don't think you can really put that rule up for him. I was uh, We had uh, Lucic on the, the podcast last week, and I asked him the same question. You know, he's a, he's a very physical dude, and he has some offensive talent. And uh, I said, you couldn't actually fight Sid, could you? He's like, well, I know what you're getting at. I mean, everybody's the same on the ice. Uh, but he pretty much said no. I said, who was the guy on your team that could fight him? He goes, Tyler Sagan. Would you start laughing? Is there a guy on your team that could actually fight Sidney Crosby? Uh, um, like without, without like. Dowdy. I'll throw Dowdy out there. <laughs> <laughs> it, does Dowdy get a, it's, does Dowdy, who gets ripped more in the, in the locker room? Dowdy or Penner for their physical shape, for physical uh, size? Um. Well, I don't know for physical size wise or body or, or whatever. Like but their I body think... type, their body type, not the not their height or their body type. Because oh, they're both guys better, a little better for sure. <laughs> Is it because he's the hairiest man that you've ever seen? <laughs> I didn't say it. You did. No, no, I said it to him. Like you're the, you're the uh, hairiest dude in the in the National Hockey League by far. Uh, what was his response? He said, uh, based on from where, sorry, he said, because of where I'm from and the climate, this is actually an advantage. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how, that's how we spun it. Yeah. <laughs> now, dude, okay, so we were in, uh, you guys uh, recently played Vancouver, and yeah. uh, Neil and I were at the Grey Cup, um, which was in Vancouver. And the Grey Cup, for American listeners, is the Super Bowl of Canadian football. 
And, um, you know, Neil and I are watching TV in the hotel, and we see this, like, overtly sentimental, like, syrupy, like, laughable commercial about organic, high-protein dog food. We were, now, we, no, we were dying because yeah. the girl, it, we call this rich people problems, and yeah. me and Cab do not have these issues. So. Of course, yeah. And we were, while you were probably working out and doing stuff, we were lying doing research for stuff like this in the hotel room at like four watching Ellen, who I love, yeah, by yeah. the way. We do. We, we were watching it. Ellen? We were watching Ellen because it's a rich <laughs> rich people problem. That's that Ellen show. Yeah, right, right. And the girl comes on. She's looking amazing. This like middle-aged woman, very attractive. The dog was worth like a Porsche. Like yeah. There's like three in the world and she had two of them. And she was going on about, I was so upset that I looked at the, 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 the ingredients on the dog food and it had chicken filler. And she's like, I was disgusted with it. And me and Cab had had chicken filler like two days in a row <laughs> after the bar. So we were like, what is wrong with this girl? And it's like, and like they're talking about organic, high protein yeah. dog food. The Neil immediately jumps up, like, it's a dog. Like, it would eat whatever's on the bottom of my shoes. Like, it was licking itself an hour ago, eating out of the garbage, drinking out of the toilet, but we're worried about chicken filler. <laughs> Yeah. Now, now, since you're in L.A., and I know that Arnold spent some time with you, how much, like, what kind of food do you buy for your dog? Um, pretty basic dog food, actually. You just buy, do you buy whatever's on sale? I buy whatever, I mean, not whatever's on sale. We just get the same <laughs> dog food every time. I don't even know what it's called. It's what just, a, like, uh, it's got it's, a, it's on the same part of the shelf at Ralph's. Yeah, it's like whatever dogs after two years or whatever, two years and older, dog food. So you don't get caught up in, like, the hype living out in Orange County about, like, you know, organic. Uh, it's got, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't even know the Salads language. Salads in it. For dog food? <laughs> yeah. I don't even do that for myself, let alone Arnold. <laughs> okay, so you're, you're not one of those dudes that, like, goes super organic, like, ridiculous. Like, these, these mushrooms were, like, picked off this tree in Indonesia, like that kind of stuff? No, I'm actually not overly... Um, Healthy? Well, healthy, but I, I'm not exactly sure what the whole organic thing is. Like, I, I kind of know, but I'm like, I don't really care. If I have it, I'm not going to not eat it because it's not organic or vice versa. If it's organic, I'm like, oh, this has got to be good for me. So so you don't really care? Yeah. So if I don't care, I don't think Arnold's going to mind if I don't give him some <laughs> organic dog food. Hey, do you feed him chicken fingers and stuff? Like, does he just eat off your plate if you just gave it to him? Yeah. And yeah, you, yeah. How often do you feed him? Because I know some people like you shouldn't feed your dog off the plate. Uh, yeah, he gets it like in the summertime when I'm with him all summer. He gets it every night. <laughs> He's better not, than not us. like a lot, not a lot, <laughs> but a little bit. He gets hot dogs and nachos and uh, no nachos. <laughs> no bueno. No bueno. Nachos. <laughs> so we're in Vancouver, and I'm telling this story. So we get so so the BC Lions win the win the uh, Grey Cup. And there's a TSN after party, and so me, that me, would have been fun. It, well, it was it was interesting, but like, so it was all the people that you know, my colleagues. But it's a sports channel, so it's yeah. like the ratio is like eighty-seven thirteen as far as dudes to yeah. girls. And we actually brought girls to the party because I was like, because we were like, man, we can't just. We don't, first of all, I hate talking about work. And secondly, like, if if you're in a room just full of dudes, you know, if you're in a room full of dudes, not the L.A. Kings dressing room, you don't really want to be in that room. You want to be yeah. in a mixed crowd. So we meet uh, this guy named Kevin Kroll. And Kevin Kroll is like the number two man in the Bell Empire. Bell is the 
phone company that owns like almost everything in Canada, owns TSN, owns CTV. So we're telling, we're laughing, telling this story to Kevin. He's actually getting, he's getting a kick out of it. And Neil's going on. Neil's just riffing as he does about dog food and these, these rich women and all this, all this kind of stuff. And and Kevin's like, you know, I grew up in Ohio, and I used to sell dog food door to door. And I was like, wow, like that's that's unbelievable. Like unbelievable for this reason, most mostly. He's a young guy. And he's selling dog food in the neighborhood. So first of all, he knows where all the chicks live. Yeah. Secondly, yeah. he knows who's home during the daytime. Yeah. Thirdly, he knows who's having a domestic. Like he's doing, he's doing all this, all this research and all these analytics. Like just, just uh, maybe involuntarily or just as a result of the job. And he just knows where. Like you know, there's like that one. It's like he, I don't know if his neighborhood was like Mysteria Lane in in, uh, in uh, Desperate Housewives. But if there were some women like Desperate Housewives, he knows the house. <laughs> Is it possible? And I know you're going. He had the greatest job because we all think, like Richie, you're a professional athlete. But this guy, while you're working, was walking by all your ladies' houses. Yes, playing with your dogs. Yes, and giving them organic coffee. <laughs> 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 Arnie would sell his soul and go to this guy, and God knows who else. <laughs> exactly. So, so where do you think that? Where, like, and, and I know it sucks to be a door-to-door salesman, but where do you think that job ranks? As, 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 like the, as like the offshoot uh, 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 benefits of that particular f- profession. Um, yeah, I mean, it might be just ahead of professional athletes. Because <laughs> there's no injuries. I mean, he might have to run well, from a house now and then. But <laughs> ho- hopefully he's a bit of a dog whisperer because I'm sure there's some like really – Active dogs that want to jump up on you and try to friggin' bite your face, and then like. But how much like, attention are you really paying to the dog? Yeah, you're not. Once you get in the door, you give well, them yeah. a bowl of your stuff, and then you're talking to the the missus. That's true, but that's that's the that's the key to their heart, <laughs> dude. I mean, you, you. I mean, in L.A., you're walking around, you're walking your dog, you're running on the beach. Like, isn't that just like the ultimate conversation starter? Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, Arnold. Yeah, it is. Definitely. What, what kind of dog? Do you, what kind of dog do you have? Black Lab. So yeah. Okay. So I was telling Cab this idea we came up with, <laughs> and we're trying to get a patent that we want to rent dogs by the hour, at local parks, and just go oh, yeah. with this dog for an hour, and oh, meet women. Think, that would be probably one of the smartest ideas I've I've heard in a while. Richie, would you fund it? Like, yeah. just give us like a small bit of capital. <laughs> So we can start. So we can we can start a business where where men can rent dogs by the hour. Yes, I'd let you use Arnold. I don't know if I'd fund the whole thing because what? Well, if you two are running it, I'm not really. <laughs> not that you're, not, you're not really sure about our business acumen. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, we lose your dog. If you guys are taking the dog and doing it yourself and not making any money for it. Oh, that's a good I just point. Go in there. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a, they say never get high on your own supply. Yes. Yeah, true. I, I, if, I, if you lend me your dog, I'll stop saying I'm you in Toronto. But my, my mom actually <laughs> said that. What's my, that? Uh, my, when my parents were down, my dad and my mom would walk, and even my mom said, like, Arnold is a chick magnet. Like, all, everybody on the strand, like, stops and pets Arnold. And, That's a black um, lab. Yeah. And Mama just, Richards knows. She knows. Mama Richards does know. Mama Richards is a beautiful woman. Please say hello yeah. to her for me. As the, as the uh as the 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 bastard stepchild <laughs> in, in the Richards clan we came up with a we came up of a with a, a list i have a, a top 5 
greatest jobs to meet women. And uh, you let me know if you agree with this list. I'm going to go in reverse order, five to one. Elementary school teacher, uh, bartender, hairstylist at the three, number two, a DJ, and at the one, personal trainer. Your thoughts? Yeah, that's pretty bang on. Am I am I missing like should what should a pro athlete be in there in the top no, five? Pro athlete, I think you're just I don't know. You you meet a lot of people, but I, I think there's a lot more problems that go along with that. Like if you're a school teacher and you're just like or a hairdresser or something like that, um, especially personal trainer, you could just be like, Okay, I'm done. But Wait, I'm done. What does that mean? I'm done. Like meet these people and then just not talk to them very much. Oh, okay. So pro athlete, you just have a whole sort like a slew of problems just lined up waiting for you. As uh, as Biggie says, more money, more problems. Yes, true. But yeah, that's a pretty good list. I would have to say. There's a lot of friends too that are elementary school teachers. Um, I would have to say that's pretty correct. Yeah, they they meet a lot of. I was yeah. I was reading about a year ago, uh, and shout out to my man Liam Bowie, who was a who was a public school uh, elementary school teacher. That the national the the numbers are dwindling. So nationally, there are less than like twenty percent male elementary school teachers. So so there's less and less males. There's more and more females. So your colleagues are just so you're meeting your colleagues and parents, right? single parents. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and if and if you uh you know play like. If you play your numbers right, like that's that's all, that's amazing. You don't even have to play your numbers right. You have so much, you know, supply and demand right in front of you. <laughs> just be ourselves. <laughs> just, yeah, just study the marketplace. The marketplace is abundant with possibility. <laughs> you know who would lose out of all this? The children. <laughs> Again, with us, the children would definitely not learn anything. <laughs> no, not. So, okay, so you mentioned earlier, uh, Jeff Carter is living in your house. Yeah, I just moved on last week. How much stuff did he bring? Not much, just uh, like a suitcase. Just clothes, just clothes. Yeah, we were at actually when we went to Columbus to play. Uh, he's got all his stuff there, but yeah, he's pretty much got two suitcases. And did you? Uh, so, like, did you? How did you? So, how did you find out he was he was traded? And at what time of the day did you find out? Um, early in the morning, eight thirty ish. Um, I was asked about him a little bit. By who? Um, like by the media? GM. Yeah, just, you know, GM and coaches and stuff like that were kind of like hinting at stuff. And at that time, I didn't really know anything. And I called Jeff right after. And he was like, yeah, it's pretty close to being done here, I guess. And then within the hour, I think it was, it was finalized. How much was his soul dying in Columbus? Be honest. <laughs> was his soul dying? Yes. <laughs> uh... I think he was happy to be in L.A. I'm not sure he, uh, <laughs> I don't want to put any bad words in, uh, in his mouth about Columbus. And, um, listen, but from the outset, okay, listen, we're not saying that you have to reveal anything in, from your, your conversations with Jeff, because I know from personal experience, conversations with Jeff are very <laughs> short. <laughs> but what do you think, like, I, I like, if you're in that position, I don't know if you've ever played for a losing team, rather a dismal, a team with a dismal season, but how much do you think his soul was dying? Um, I'm not sure. I, Tom Hanks was, uh, go back to your story about meeting people, Tom Hanks was in our dressing room 
early in the year, probably oh, maybe not that early, about a month ago. But uh, we were talking about the road trip we were going on and how we have to go to Columbus and stuff like that. And he goes, oh, Columbus. And I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, Columbus is the Winnipeg of the South. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, hey, I'm, like, I'm right by Winnipeg. And uh, so I didn't take offense to it or stick out for Winnipeg much, but um, that's just what people's opinion are on, on Columbus. And I, I don't mind Columbus. I don't go there very often, but that's just what uh, what everybody thinks of Columbus, so. Wow, that's pretty funny. So wait, wait. So wait, okay, wait. Tell, okay, you can't just drop Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks was in our room yeah, the other day. Like, like, tell the story. How? Like, how did that happen? Well, he. Uh, I guess he comes to a lot of hockey games, so he came into the dressing room after the game, and we were all just talking with him and explained. Uh, we're just talking about hockey and and where we go on the road. We're like, oh, Detroit, Nashville, Columbus, and right as we said Columbus, he's like, oh, and we're like, what? He goes. Columbus is the Winnipeg of the South. <laughs> so wait, Tom Hanks uses a Canadian city yeah. to diss Winnipeg. Uh, sorry, uses a Canadian city to diss Columbus. Yeah, I guess. I hey. even, like, how does Tom Hanks even know where Winnipeg is? I, I know. Hey, ne- next time Tom Hanks comes to one of your games, like, hey, uh, a really good friend of mine, Cabby, has a message for him for you, and just throat chop him. <laughs> For all the people in McGregor and and uh, Redmond out in in Winnipeg, do you know those neighborhoods? Yeah, I know McGregor. I don't know Redmond. But... <laughs> it's uh, it's where the uh, people with a lot of character live in those towns. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I noticed that you didn't really stand up for Winnipeg too much because it was Mr. Tom Hanks, eh? Like, <laughs> well, I'm Kenora, you know, I'm not right in Winnipeg. But you're close enough. Too yeah. You could have said Columbus is the Turner and Hooch of his career. <laughs> <laughs> Fire that right back at him. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so so when Tom Hanks comes in the room, like how many of you guys are like? Are you just kind of huddled around him just to hear like stories or like crack jokes? Like that, he's a pretty big star, and I imagine yeah. you don't have guys like that walk into your dressing room all the time. Yeah, we actually. Um the rule is like no one's allowed in the dressing room in LA. Like no actors, no anything, um, are usually allowed in LA in our dressing room or, or anywhere. And uh, I guess Tom Hanks was that big of a star that, that he was welcome in. But um, yeah, he came in after everyone met him and just kind of sat around the table and um, you know he was telling some stories and talking and stuff. So that was pretty neat. That's really cool. Did he did he tell any like? Other than dissing Winnipeg and Columbus, <laughs> did he have any are they, uh, cool anecdotes? Uh, nothing really. That's, like you said, he came to a lot of hockey games, and we talked hockey for a bit and whatnot, but that's, that's pretty much it. Now, how is um, your, your, your bromance, if you will, with Jeff resumes? And I'm sure you're, you're happy about it because you guys, um, you know. Oh, Cabby, wait. i got to tell a story, actually, about, uh, about our mom with, uh, with Tom Hanks. Oh, please do. Yeah, so she's down and uh, with my dad down there, and, and she's got this new iPhone or an iPhone that she has zero idea how to work. She wants to take a picture <laughs> with Tom Hanks. So she gets the phone out and hands it to my my dad, who obviously doesn't know how to work it either. He's <laughs> fumbling around with his phone, and he's like, I, I don't know how to work this. And Tom's sitting there with his arm around my mom trying to take a picture. And my dad doesn't know how to work the phone, so Ron Hexel's there, and he hands the phone to Ron and be like, can you take this? You know, Ron's old school too, and he can't figure it out. Oh you know, time's going by, and my mom can't figure it out. She's like, I can't do, I don't know how to work this. So finally, Tom just grabs the phone and says, Let me do it. Puts his arm around my mom, like holds his arm straight out, and then takes the picture just of himself. And just gave the phone back and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's great. They're there. Oh, My that's great. Said they're there for probably like seven, eight minutes trying to fumble around with this phone. Oh, um, man. Isn't that the worst, the though? Like sometimes when, you know, some fans come up and say what's up, and then it takes like, as you said, seven or eight minutes to snap a, fo- yeah. snap a pick. And, oh, man. That's... But that always happens, doesn't it? Like, yeah, it always people happens. People take pictures of you, like, Nobody knows how to how to work the phone. It's never been one time I don't think where it's like, "Oh, could I take a picture?" Oh, here's my phone. Snap. See ya. But it's <laughs> like here, fumble. Oh, I don't know the password. Oh, it's not working. Yeah, I'm yeah. Just sitting well, there with like an arm around this kid for like <laughs> seven minutes, and you're like, "This is really starting to get awkward." Wait, we we ha- I have to make one distinction. I'm not you, okay? So it's not <laughs> like people are taking pictures of me. All right, I'm not even. The come suit. on, come on. Whatever. We're trying to get pictures with girls. It's just they're not letting us. <laughs> they're telling us, no, your camera's yeah, broke. Uh, they're just throwing it back. Uh, this, uh, this is not an appropriate time. To, I'm like, what? Church is not a good place to take a picture? I mean, what's going on? So, so I'll, I'll, I'll get you out on this. Uh, so, you know, Jeff's living at your house. Uh, and I'm, I'm going back to Jeff because, and first of all, I'm calling him Jeff. And I'm sure, I don't even know if it's parents call him Jeff. And we're talking about Jeff Carter. And I know you call them carts or or cartsy or carts, right? Not cartsy, yeah. carts. Either one. How many words? I've asked you this before, and I, we had a good laugh at it. How many words in a week do you think that he speaks? Um, <laughs> I don't know how to answer that either. Jeff and I have been friends for eleven years now. So, but, uh, yeah. okay, you guys have nonverbal comp. Uh, uh, communication, which I which I get, because you you have a shorthand with your buddies. It's a certain head nod. It's a smile. It's a you know. It's a you might you know. It's a it's a salute. Okay, but but the kids, that's all nonverbal. It's a handshake. I'm talking about verbal, like like physically emitting sound from his mouth. Uh, we talk a lot. Um, I mean. Maybe they're short combos, but I mean, remember that one time we, we were watching, uh, we were at your house and we were looking through the texts and I showed you the texts of, of Jeff and the green being me and the, the gray being him. And, you know, probably three or four word per answer that I've used that in house, but. He had, yeah, it was like, it was one sentence. You would have like four or five bubbles of like green, of green uh, conversation, good three, four lines each. And then he would have one, yeah, one, three, four words, five, it's like seven max. And, and that's, and that's just in text messages. So I can imagine in real life, they'd be a lot shorter. <laughs> no, no, no. They're, they're longer in real life, but not a quiet guy. <laughs> He's a man of man of few words. Few words. So yeah. when they come out, they are uh, profound. And uh, <laughs> my profound respect and admiration for you is massive, baby bro. And uh, I'm happy that we've uh, forged a friendship. And I'm happy that you came on uh, to the to the podcast. And uh, man, I know you have uh, just a few weeks left. And this is like you know serious go time. So uh, I w- we won't keep you. Um, but good luck the rest of the way, my man. All right, thanks, guys. My guy said, "How do you put Wayne Gretzky at three? I, I mean, know, if you go if you through. go Bobby Orr number one mm-hmm. and Mario Lemieux number two, like is that even? Can you even do that? I don't know. With Penner, it might have you might have had a black hockey player in there. <laughs> He's <laughs> entranced <laughs> in black hockey. I, I was scared he to might. ask about Pryor, and I know I, I'm dating everybody. Richard Pryor might be, you know, but I would never have that list like that. That's not even okay. What's what's on yours? 
I wouldn't go in 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 order. No, like, you have to go three, two, one. Yeah, it's but like I wouldn't the, do like the, the I wouldn't do the show. I'm just gonna say the comedian. The com- no, we got okay. Okay, fine. Well, for for me, you, we'll do the comedian. Yeah, we'll do it. Is does that? Do you want me to do the, the three, black two, version or the or the both <laughs> version? Because <laughs> your list it was all black. My list was all okay, white, well, and I felt see, terrible. So I mix it up. Well, then, then you then the best comedian right now. Okay, I have a favorite at three. That's just because I'm Scottish. Is Billy Conley, and that's old school. I went and saw him. He does like. Two and a half hours, no, no script. Like he just makes it up as he goes. Yeah. He actually took out notes, like an hour and a half in. He's like, "Oh yeah, I was gonna bring this up," and he just went with it, right? And so, he killed. He still yeah, killed. He, he did that. Uh, two is uh, Ricky Gervais. That show he did is phenomenal. His That's a great country. call. Yeah, and then CK is right now. He's by far Louis CK is the best. His last one live at the Beacon Theater. It it started really slowly. I mean, he picked it up in the second half, but. The two bits on uh, Chewed Up, he had like, I enjoy being white yeah. and offensive words yeah. were just, and he started with, what he, do, what, he, what he does is he starts with his best bit from the previous hour, yeah. number one. So offensive words he starts Chewed Up with, and it's it's amazing. And he and he says he has a year, I think it's a year, he just, to yeah, get it th- out. He and then new, he doesn't do it again. hour every year. I mean, and that list, I mean, Billy Connolly's not in there now. Seinfeld's amazing. I've seen him do stand-up, and I thought, nah, it wouldn't be as good. It was very funny. But Lewis, he just, he gets away with things that you don't think a normal, any person should say, but definitely not a white guy. <laughs> no, well, he, he gets a pass because he's a, a comedian's comedian. And yeah. everybody in that world, it's, it's, uh, it's like he's like the Pavel Datsuk of comedians. Yeah. Like he's a player's player. Rock loves him. Like Chris. Chris Rock. Like, yeah, yeah. Like they're to, now, I wouldn't, that was just a whitelist. Like, that's not my list. Like Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, Chris Rock, Kevin Hart. You know, all those guys are in there together with Lewis and and Ricky Gervais. But I was just trying to divide it because of Penner there. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, Penner was over here with the like my people. Yeah, no, we're all the same. People. Yeah, we're we are, all the same we people. Are. We all drink, you know, orange and. All, we all drink food. orange juice and we all like potato <laughs> chips and we all wa- love watching me and you uh, football the, on Sundays. Me and you eat the same terrible food. Yeah, <laughs> so and it's, it's it's all good for that. And I and I know after this uh, you're gonna want to go for a run. So we'll wrap this up. But let's. And um, we want to thank uh, Mike Richards, and we want to thank Dustin Penner uh, for joining us on the podcast. Uh, if you want to read Richie's tweets, it's at mrichie underscore 10. And if you want to read my co-host's tweets, that's at the Neil Scott. Penner is not on Twitter, but you can read my other, our, other, our guest and uh, my co-host. And I uh, want to thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Rate it, download it, click it. Leave us a comment. We appreciate you. I'm Cabby, and I'm gone. Thank you for listening to Cabby Presents, the podcast.